God bless you. May God keep you. All right. We're going back to Revelation. We're going back to Revelation. If you all will remember, we finished up the book of the uh, chapter, the 13th chapter. Uh, we assigned that number, 666, to King Solomon. King Solomon is the best, amen, description that we have and know uh, will be a pattern will be a pattern of the Antichrist. Amen. If you missed that Bible class, please go back and read it. I think it's important. I thought it was interesting, uh, even when the Bible says, here is wisdom, and puts and sends us on a, uh, uh, challenges us to assign that number, that mark of the beast, with a man, with a man. Amen. And certainly all of the uh, scriptures are there. Amen. Uh, with explanation. And if you missed that Bible class, go back, go back and review it. I believe you'll find it satisfying for your soul. Amen. And we moved into um, Revelation, the 14th chapter. Amen. Because now uh, John sees a stark contrast between those individuals that have taken the mark of the beast, the 666, and those that follow the true lamb. They were following the false lamb, amen, but he begins to contrast and show you those that are following, following the false lamb. And we're going to go through those comparisons on tonight because it's so important, it's so important, uh, New Grace, uh, that you're not deceived. Deception, deception, deception is the order of the day. And I've been seeing, uh, saying that for um, at least a year, at least a year now. Amen. Uh, and certainly we have seen it come to pass. Amen. You, uh, it's hard to find truth. Hard to find truth nowadays. And it seems to me that people have an appetite. They want to be deceived. My God, they want to go the wrong direction. Amen. And certainly this is the time for the saints of God, amen, to make sure we're following the true lamb, the true lamb. And so we're going to talk about uh, the contrast between those two groups, those that took the mark of the beast and those that had uh, his name on their foreheads. Amen. And um, so let's go back and we're going to go to Revelation, the 14th chapter. Revelation, the 14th chapter. We'll pick it up right there. And we're going to get through this. Now, remember, uh, we are in between uh, the trumps that are being poured out and the vials, the bowls. In Revelation, the 16th chapter, and we're going back because great Babylon came up for remembrance before God. And then we came back to uh, remember now Revelation is not written in chronological order. Uh, so we're going and trying to find it, uh, follow it the way that it happened. So uh, John is showing us what is going on uh, during this uh, tribulation, this seven-year tribulation period, all right? And we see now uh, a reaping of the earth, and we have read of the two reapings of the earth in Revelation uh, 14 and 14 and 14 and 7. 
uh, 17. Amen. Revelation 14 and 14. Uh, a reaping that God is taking according to these, uh, with these 144, the uh, the uh, palm bearers, those that were beheaded, those that were starved, amen. Uh, there was a great uh, multitude taken, amen. And then uh, there were some that were taken that were in, went into the wine press uh, that God said, I'm treading, I'm stomping. I'm on somebody. My God, that second reaping uh, that we see in Revelation 14 and 17, take them and put them in the wine press, and I'm going to tread them. My God. So we see this happening, and when we finish up here, we're going back to Revelation 17, and we're going to see the utter destruction of the false church. Amen. And certainly... Uh, the false church or the false prophet is causing people to worship the first beast. Amen. And certainly um, the first beast is out for himself. He's all about himself. And when he gets done with the deception of the church, uh, she will be utterly destroyed. Right now she's riding his back. I showed you the image of the second beast that's riding on the back of the first beast. That's endorsing him and causing uh, those individuals in the church to worship the first beast. Amen. And certainly uh, we'll go back and pick it up and go. We finished up in Revelation 16. We went back to 13 and 14. And then we'll go back to 17 and get it back in chronological order. But we wanted to find out what's going on uh, with this tribulation period between the trumps being blown and the vials, the bowls that are being poured out, all of them the wrath of God. All of this is going on. All of this is going on uh, at the same time. Uh, God's wrath is being poured out. Amen. Yet he has a remnant that he's going to save. He's going to keep. All right, Revelation, the 14th chapter, verses 1 through 5. He said, And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood in the Mount Zion, and with him an hundred and forty and four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harps harping um, with their harps. And they sung as it were a new song before the throne and before the four beasts. Now, we know that was the church and the elders. Uh, that was the Old Testament elders. And no man could learn the song but the 144,000, which were redeemed from the earth. These are they. Watch this now. These are they which were not defiled with women, uh, for they were virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb, whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men, being the firstfruits unto God and unto the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. Amen. So we have seen and studied um, the false lamb. Now John sees and makes contrast those that were sealed with the 666 of the false lamb of Revelation 13 
And now those that are being sealed, the 144, the same 144 that was sealed in Revelation 7, amen, um, by the true lamb, amen, the true lamb. All right, now remember uh, Revelation 13 and 11, you can look at it uh, real quick, Revelation 13 and 11, he said, and I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake like a dragon. So he looked, the second beast, he looked like a lamb, but what he was saying, <laughs> it was totally off. My God, he looked like a lamb, uh, but he spake like a dragon. So John now is filling the narrative. What's going on between these trumpets and these vows and these bowls? All right. And then, as I say, we'll go back to the chronological of this when we get back to 17. But John is describing a contrast, amen, between these two groups, those that were sealed with the 666 and though the 144,000, yet there was a whole lot more. There was a whole lot more than just that 144,000. Matter of fact, let's go to Revelation <clears throat> 7. We're not going to read it all, but I know you all remember the, the ones that were sealed, uh, beginning with the uh, tribe of Judah. Now, all of these uh, were uh, listed in order of, of rank. Uh, the oldest to the youngest, except for Jesus. His tribe came first because Jesus was the lion, the lion that came from the tribe of Judah. Then it went to Reuben and, and, and went down. So uh, Jesus, he put himself first. All right. <clears throat> and then after that, um, uh, they were sealed. Now remember, um, let's go to Revelation 7 and 1. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, and that uh, the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on the tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice unto the four angels, to whom it was given to do what? Hurt. It was their job to hurt the earth and the sea saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. Amen. And certainly, we saw the 144 uh, sealed from the different, uh, the 12 um, uh, tribes, uh, 12,000 from 12 different tribes were sealed. Amen. 144,000 before the Lord. And then uh, if we drop down to verse nine, he said, and after I beheld and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number of all nations, kindred, people, and tongues stood before the throne and before the lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. And they cried with a voice saying, salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and <clears throat> the four beasts and fell before the throne on their face, worshiping God, saying, Amen. Blessed 
and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, said unto me, Who, what are these which are arrayed with white robes? And whence came they? John said, I said unto him, Sir, you, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are they which came out of the great tribulation. Amen. Now we are focusing in on the 144, but there was a number that came out that could not even be numbered. Amen. And certainly uh, we know the enemy is after the seed, that earthly seed of Abraham. We see that at the end of Revelation 12 when he could not get the, the child. Amen. He could not get the woman. Uh, so he went after her seed. And what happened? God protected protected the woman, amen, gave her a hiding place in the earth, amen. You go back to Revelation 12, you can see that, but he's after this seed. And God said, listen, don't hurt the earth or the sea until we have sealed these 144,000. And then there's others that are going to be saved. Um, I have to remind you all of what uh, Bishop Paddock said and and this is something, uh, teaching that I was actually sitting in his Bible class. And um, he said something that was kind of interesting to me. He said, you know, uh, what if we were to wake up and all the church of God and Christ were gone? Uh, what would we know? <laughs> we were wrong and they were right. But then he asked the question, uh, are we not sincere? Amen. Are we not sincere? Uh, you know, some of us even came out of the world and we thought we were saved until we found out truth. Amen. But we were sincere. Amen. And these will be given an opportunity. Now, we don't believe that's going to that's going to be the case, but there's going to be another group that's going to wake up in the church. The true bride of Christ is going to be raptured. They were sincere. They just didn't have it right. And they're going to be given an opportunity. We read the scripture where they're going to be running to and fro, looking for truth. Come on, somebody. My God, God is going to save them. He's going to give them an opportunity. Now, let's not get this mixed up now. This is not talking about none of us that know truth. Uh, these are those that are uh, that were sincere. They were, were not defiled with women. Uh, the Bible said there was no lie found in their mouth. God is going to give them an opportunity. But to know the truth, heard the truth, and have a, had an opportunity to be saved uh, won't be for us. Won't be for us. Amen. I just want to get that straight. They were sincere. They thought they knew. They just missed the mark. All right. So they're going to have to take a stand for Christ. Um. Moses and Elijah, we have read all of these scriptures, uh, will be those two witnesses saying, this is not your Messiah. Do not take his mark in your head or in your hand. Amen. Certainly because when they take that mark 666, they no longer bear the image of God. They bear the image of the beast. And matter of fact, in Revelation 14, it lets us know Anybody that's bearing that mark of the beast is going to uh, have the wrath of God. They're going to experience the wrath of God. Amen. 
look at, go, let's go back to Revelation 14 and 9. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, and everybody should have your Bible. Have your Bible. Read this along with me. If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in their forehead or in, their, in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out, what? Without mixture, and to the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. My God. And that's what those um, two witnesses, don't take his mark. This is not your Messiah. Don't take his mark in your forehead or in your hand, because if you do, there is no hope for you. Amen. So, and during this tribulation period, now we know it's seven years long, divided by three and a half years of the first part, three and a half years of the second part. It's known as the great day of God's wrath. Nobody's going to be saved then. All right. Uh, there are going to be people born. There are going to be people saved. They're going to hear that witness. Uh, they're going to uh, take a stand for what's right. They're going to follow the true lamb. With all of this mess going on, all of this stuff going on, they're going to stay true to the true lamb. My God. And uh, these are the ones that will be starved to death because they will not have his image. They won't have that 666. So they won't be able to buy and sell. They don't have the 666. The Bible says and they should have them killed. Uh, they'll have to have their heads cut off. Amen. My God. And certainly these are those before the throne in Revelation 14, singing a song that we can't even sing. Now, we got a song that the angels can't sing. I've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. They're going to have a song we can't sing. And not the, not the 24 elders, not the, the four elders. Amen. Uh, because God saved them and preserved them out of the tribulation period. And we ain't going to know nothing about that. You, you can't sing that song. <laughs> My God, that when you say, let the redeemed of the Lord, we ain't going to know nothing about being saved from this tribulation period. They're going to have a new song that they're going to sing that no other man could sing it but them that have been saved out of that tribulation period. Amen. All right. So he begins to show this uh, distinction. We've read Revelation 7, the 144. Uh, the sealed from the tribe of Israel, those others that will be saved with them that missed the mark. God is going to seal them. Amen. And we found out, uh, and I'm going to show you this slide again. I have it on my screen. I'm going to share it with you. The differences, the comparison, and we're going to go through the scriptures. <clears throat> we'll go through the scriptures um, uh, that we find the comparison that we find in uh, Revelation 14. First of all, the lamb. And we've talked about this. Which lamb are you following? My God, there are those that were following the false prophet, the false lamb. And then when he, by contrast, when he looked into Revelation 14th chapter, he found those that followed the true lamb 
and followed him wheresoever he went. Amen. All right. Now, remember, we've read this Revelation 13 and 12. He looked like a lamb. The false prophet, the false church, it looked like a lamb, but he sound like a dragon. My God. And that's when Jesus said, my sheep, what? Know my voice. And a stranger they will not follow. So there is a group that is going to be following the false lamb, and they're going to receive uh, the 666 mark of the beast. And then there's going to be a group that's following the true lamb. We find that in Revelation uh, 14 and 1. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written in their forehead. All right? Amen. So who is the lamb? Jesus. Jesus is always the lamb. Now remember, he was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. When we read in the book of Revelation, Jesus is always the lamb. Now remember what John saw. He said he looked like a lamb. That wasn't the truth. And matter of fact, if now Jesus was the lamb with seven um, horns uh, because he was the one that was speaking and pulled together all the seven churches. You remember that? All right. But this false lamb only had two horns. Amen. So he was only able to pull together two, which we think are Roman Catholic and the uh, Protestants. Amen. Uh, factions of the church to follow him. All right. So Jesus is the lamb that had the seven Horns. Amen. He was able to pull together all seven of the churches, but he's always, Jesus is always the lamb. Amen. Uh, the other looked like a lamb. All right. Jesus is the lamb. Um, he uh, was the true lamb and they followed him wheresoever he went. All right. But John shows a direct contrast to those that follow the false lamb and those that follow the true lamb, all right? So those that uh, followed the true lamb, God protected them. God protected him, amen? Because the scripture says they followed him wheresoever he went. And if there's ever a time uh, that you need leadership, my God, uh, during that tribulation period to go through that, no, no wonder they're going to have a song that none of us it's going to know nothing about. Uh, they're going to have to follow him wheresoever he goeth. Amen? So there's the contrast between the 666 and the 144. The 666 is following the false lamb, following the false lamb, and the, let me get my slide back up. There it goes. And the um, 144 are following the true lamb. What other uh, distinction does he make? Let's look at truth. Let's look at truth. That's the next one on the uh, slide there. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Revelation 13 and 14 says, And he deceiveth them uh, that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had uh, power to do in the sight of the beasts, saying unto them that dwell on the earth that they should do what? 
make an image to the beast, which had the wound by a sword and did live. Now we know this is the revived uh, or the uh, resurrected uh, Roman Empire because we know that Satan is following, he's copying, uh, just as Jesus got up and said, all power in heaven and earth belongs unto me. What is he doing? He revives the, the old Roman Empire, all right? And he's using these miracles to deceive the people. And this is why, and, and we're reiterating, saints, listen, we can't follow miracles, I mean, we even seen that when uh, Moses um, uh, took his snake and threw it down and uh, Pharaoh said, man, I got some wizards uh, that can perform miracles too. And they took their snakes, they threw them down. Uh, but Moses' snake ate up the other two. So greater is he that is in me than he that is of the world. But we cannot be fooled by uh, miracles. Amen. And certainly we have covered that. We have to know why the miracle is being performed. We have to have a spirit of discernment. Now, if you missed that, you need to go back in that Bible class. Amen. Why? It's not just that you can perform a miracle. Why is the miracle being performed? Is it to draw attention to you? Draw uh, disciples unto you? You all remember when uh, Peter and John went down and laid, laid hands on them uh, when they heard that they received the word at Samaria. Uh, they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. And Simon the sorcerer said, uh, uh, I'm going to give you money <laughs> uh, that, you know, I can have this trick. Come on, somebody. Uh, that, uh, you know, whoever I lay my hands on uh, will receive the Holy Spirit. Peter said, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. My God. So there are people, there are these signs and these miracles uh, that they're performing. They're not done to the glory of God. My God. They're done to the glory of men that they might make disciples of themselves. So don't be carried away with just signs and miracles. My God, we need to know why. Uh, so he was able to get them to worship him, uh, the false beast, because of the miracles which were done. But they were deceived. They were worshiping the devil, and the, they didn't even know it because why? It looked like a lamb. They were worshiping the devil and didn't know it because it looked like a lamb. There's a whole lot of churches, a whole lot of ministry, a whole lot of folk. They look, <laughs> uh, they look decent. They look good. You know, they're talking good. Come on, somebody. But their doctrine is off. It's not right. Come on, somebody. So we have to have that intimate relationship. The Bible says in comparison uh, to the 144, now the 66 were deceived. But the 144, there was no lie found in their mouth. They stuck to the truth. Amen? They stuck to the truth. My God. 
Now, remember, we talked about this new world order, this deep state, um, this global economy, this global society. Um, the media is going to be controlled by the beast, and it's going to be all lies. Anybody glad? Uh, be glad. I know I'm going to be glad when November 4th get here. I, I'm so sick and tired of the the, the commercials. <laughs> My God, because on the surface of it, you got to dig, and some of it is just straight up lies. Some of it you have to dig because they're they're telling you something that's true, but it, they're aiming it a different way uh, to make you to believe something was true that it's not true. People are being used in the wrong context. Dr. Fauci, uh, the president himself, used his words. And he had to stand up and say, no, that, that was, that's not true. All right? So the Antichrist is going to control the media, and you know it's going to be all lies, but the 144 are going to stick to the truth. In the middle of all of those lies, you got to know the truth. Somebody said the truth will what? Make you free. Amen? All right? So... Uh, they didn't get pulled into the side issues. And a lot of us, you know, we're getting weighed down by, you know, a lot of this stuff that's going on right now. Uh, people are troubled in their spirit and, you know, this, that, and that, you know, stick to your word, stick to your word, read your word, know your word, hide it in your heart. Amen. That you might not. That means an emphatic, I will not sin against God. Amen? And certainly, uh, we're living in a time now where people are talking about, well, the churches got to come together. Yeah, the true churches, we can't just come together uh, with the, you know, at the expense of the word. I can't. Uh, how can two walk together except they be agreed? Amen? Uh, if you're a false church, I can't come together with a church got to come together and we got to take a united stand. No, not if you're not preaching and teaching and living truth. And that's where a lot of pe other people are getting uh, uh, caught up because they think the churches, we're all worshiping the same God. Uh, <laughs> I don't know which lamb you're following. Come on, somebody. And I can't, we can't come together. Uh, at the expense of the truth, the word of God, amen, uh, the Bible says we are sanctified by his word, all right? Uh, I want you to turn with me. Let's go to John 17. <clears throat> John 17, hopefully everybody have their Bible. John 17. Um... John says some things here that I think is very important as we compare these two groups. Um, Uh, look what Jesus says. This is read in your Bible, John 17, and we'll begin at verse 14. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not 
of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest uh, take them out of the world, but that thou should do what? Keep them from the evil. Amen. What verse 16 says, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them. Uh, them through what? Thy truth. Thy word is truth. Amen. So we are sanctified. We're kept by his word. Amen. And I can't uh, uh, team up with you for the sake of churches coming together or minds coming together or groups coming together because I'm sanctified by the word. If you're not following the word, we have no fellowship with one another. And sometimes on the, uh, on the outset of it, you know, it sounds good that churches would come together. Not if it's not centered around truth. It has to be, it must be centered around truth. All right. What else do we have on our list here? The place, where we are from. Where are we from? Come on, somebody. In Revelation 14, it says we've redeemed from Mount Zion, uh, that heavenly place, that heavenly Jerusalem, that holy place of God. Uh, we are born in heaven. Uh, let's go to Philippians, the third chapter. <clears throat> Philippians, the third chapter. We're talking about the differences, the differences between the 666 and the 144. Um, this is kind of a, a different way of seven, saying it. We're born from heaven. Um, and I know sometimes, I know we're in this world, but we're not of this world. Our citizenship, come on somebody, <laughs> We come from a different place, thanks. <laughs> All right. Um, the, where we just read, he said, don't take them out of the world, but keep them from the evil. He said, uh, we're not of this world, neither was Jesus of this world. All right. Our citizenship, we are from heaven. All right. Look at uh, Philippians 3, 20 through 21. For our conversation where is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able to subdue all things unto himself. Amen. So our citizenship, amen, is in heaven. We are not of this world. Come on, somebody. We're in this world, but this, this world ain't my home. Aren't anybody glad to say that? <laughs> my God, my God, I'm glad to say that this world is not my home. Amen. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. Amen. Our citizenship is in heaven. All right. Look at Matthew, the fifth chapter. Matthew, the fifth chapter. <clears throat> All right, we want verses 13 through 14. 
Uh, what does it say? Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to do what? Be cast out and trotten down under the foot of men. Ye are the light of the world, a city that sitteth on a hill and cannot be hid. Amen. So we are from heaven where we eagerly wait the Savior. Come on, somebody. My God, we are the true bride. Amen. We'll get to that in just a minute. Amen. Uh, now, um, I know we're right now participating. Our citizenship is in heaven. But yes, we're participating in the things of this world. We're uh, right in the middle of an election. And I've been telling everybody to vote, 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 vote. Yes, uh, we are participating. We're trying to uh, uh, do the things here. Amen. That makes sense as, as Christians uh, on this earth. But ultimately, this is our citizenship is there. Come on, somebody. So we are the salt of the earth. You know, God needs to use us. We're, we're that light, that city that sitteth on, on a hill, drawing souls to Christ. Amen. Uh, salt changes everything that it comes in contact with. And once salt gets mixed into something, it will never be the same. Come on, somebody. Somebody ought to be changed as a result of coming in contact with you, hearing your testimony. Talking about Jesus. Come on, somebody. My God, they should be changed. They may not uh, agree with what you're saying. They may not come your way, but they should be changed forever, ever, because we are the salt that has not lost its savor. Everything it comes in contact with, it changes. My God. Now, by contrast, where does the 666 come from? They come from Babylon. All right, we read that in Revelation, the 14th chapter. Revelation, the 14th chapter. They come from Babylon. Look at uh, Revelation 14 and 8. It warns them. This is the devil's kingdom. It says, and they followed another angel saying, uh, and followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen. Amen. Is fallen, that great city, because she has made all nations to drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. My God. So it's telling uh, us to get out of Babylon. Do not be a part of this world or its system. It is fallen. It is tarnished. Come on, somebody. Uh, we're not, this is not our home. Babylon is being destroyed. And certainly we can see that right now. Um, uh, this bride is, is known as the great whore. Uh, uh, is infecting the world with all of her fornication, the wrath of her fornication. Um, this is uh, two people that are not married. Come on, somebody. We're married to the true bride, not to the false bride. 
Only relationship that can be is one of fornication because they don't belong there. My God. And uh, we can get that from the scriptures that says, hell has enlarged herself without measure. It wasn't even designed for men. But because of their disobedience, because of their uh, choices that they have made, it has expanded itself without measure that men, come on somebody, might be consumed in and by it. Amen? All right. Let's drop down to the next one. It's talking about, uh, we talked about the place. They come from Babylon. We come from Zion. It talks about the bride. All right. The bride, we see that in Revelation 17 and 5. She is a harlot. And we come from the pure virgin bride of Christ. But the 666 come from the false bride, which is a harlot. Revelation 17. Uh, and five, this is what John saw. You have it. Revelation 17 and five. And upon her forehead was the name written mystery. Babylon the great. She is the mother of harlot and abominations of the earth. Come on, somebody. Look at verse six. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. My God. So God, uh, John is showing a great distinction of where we come from. Uh, they come from the harlot, the false bride. We come from the true virgin bride of Christ. All right. Talks about the pure bride who has not defiled themselves with women. And that's us. Pure virgin bride and not the harlot uh, from Babylon. And that's what Satan uses. He's using this false prophet, this false church uh, to um, draw people into this false doctrine, this false religion. My God, he has a religious uh, system that's designed uh, to enslave mankind. How is he going to do that? Uh, he's using denominations. He's using uh, church structures, false religions. He's using cults. People are getting into all kinds of crazy stuff nowadays. Uh, we have seen the newest thing, QAnon. Come on, somebody. Uh, there's a cabal of uh, Democrats going around enslaving children. And uh, I, I, it don't even sound right coming out of my mouth. But uh, what is Satan? He's using these things to enslave people. Come on, somebody. 
they become polluted by these other ministries. Yes, ministries. Uh, they go out and, and recruit and witness uh, and, and are more effective than even the church. Some of us, we've stopped witnessing and telling people uh, what we're about in uh, this man called Jesus, but they're out everywhere telling of this false, false church, false religion, all right? Uh, but this thing, uh, it has to be in us, uh, saints. And, uh, you know, I always have taught and said, you know, God is not coming back for uh, the uh, New Grace. He's not coming back for NDC. He's not coming back for PAW. He's not coming back for the Baptist. He ain't coming back for Church of God and Christ. I don't care what you call yourself. He's coming back for you. I know somebody, a person without spot or wrinkle that has been following the true uh, lamb. I know we're talking about the tribulation period, but the distinction that we're making during this particular time and right now is the same. It's the same distinction. We are the children of God. Come on, somebody. My God. And now we're coming in contact with people that are children, pawns of Satan. There's a clear distinction between our lives and their lives, all right? So we come from the pure virgin bride that's not a harlot. Come on, somebody. And uh, you know we can make a big distinction uh, between those two different individuals. Um, <coughs> a harlot, uh, you pay her. It's a transactional relationship. Come on, somebody. You just pay her for her services. Uh, a virgin uh, bride, uh, you're reunited. You're united in a love relationship. I know somebody. This is not a transactional thing. My God, uh, this is somebody that is. It's not transactional, but you have purchased a bride. What did he do? He purchased us with his blood. I know somebody. We've been purchased. We're of the pure and true uh, bride of Christ. All right, so a prostitute, you pay her for her services, amen? But a bride belongs to you forever, amen? And it's always been Satan's intention to go after the bride of Christ, God's chosen people. Even way back in the Garden of Eden, uh, who did he go after? Eve. He's always after the woman. Come on, somebody. He's always after the bride of Christ. And matter of fact, he's trying to defile us now. He's trying to defile us now, but we have to follow the true lamb. Amen? Uh, and he uses false religions to defile them. Amen? But we have to follow the true lamb wherever he goes. Come on, somebody. All right. Um, uh, Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians. Now, 
where they are exposed to one man, and that is Jesus Christ. You all know we are the bride of Christ, right? <laughs> all right. 2 Corinthians 11, verses 1 and 2. Uh, Paul said uh, uh, we could, uh, if we would bear with him in his folly, he said, would to God you could bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me, for I am what? I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have what espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a what? Chaste virgin to Christ. My God, we are spoken for. Come on, somebody. We're espoused. The, the, the ceremony has not taken place yet, but all of the responsibilities to remain pure and true are there. We are espoused to him. Come on, somebody. And that does not involve being in, uh, uh, in, uh, 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 involve being uh, with somebody or somebody else. We are true to only him. Amen. We are the true bride of Christ. That I might present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Paul said, I am jealous of you. Come on, somebody. Ephesians 4 and 5 said, there's one Lord. There's one faith. There's only one baptism. Matter of fact, um, I'm thinking of another scripture. Right, I'm not going to worry about it. But Ephesians uh, 4 and 5, I mean, Ephesians um, 4 and 5, yes. He said, there's one Lord. There's only one faith. And there's only one baptism. That's what we're espoused to. Uh, this, this, we're not, you know, uh, messing around, sleeping around, hanging around, uh, walking around with the spirit of wantingness. Come on, somebody. My God. I belong to God. And he belongs to me. Amen. I'm jealous of you. Amen. We are the bride of Christ. Amen. Uh, God knows us by name. There's relationship. Come on, somebody. My God. Each and every one of us. You know, if we think about relationships that we have uh, in our own lives, and I'm thinking about my own children. Amen. Um, I know them by name, but what is their value? They're priceless. They're priceless. You, you can't put a value on a child. You can put a value on a slave. Come on, somebody. You can put a value on a car. You can put a value on a house. My God. But our loved ones, he said, we are the apple of his I. Amen. And certainly we're priceless unto him and we have been espoused. Amen. We belong to him. Now we're going to get to the, the wedding. We are going to have a wedding. Amen. It's going to be a grand affair. We're going to cover that as we go on through Revelation. But right now we've been espoused to just one husband. Amen. We are the true bride of Christ. Amen. All right, worship. 
We worship the true lamb. We find that in Revelation uh, 13 and 15. And we've covered this in detail in the last um, Bible class. Revelation 13 and 15, the Bible said that second beast, the false church, he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, all right, uh, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed, amen. So he calls. Now, remember, uh, Satan is copying God. He placed his what? His image. We are the image. We are the image bearers of Christ. But the false church is trying to get you to bear the image of the first beast. Come on, somebody. My God. And those that did not know better, they were deceived. They thought that they were worshiping God, but they were worshiping the beast. Amen. So the false prophet, the false church, uh, is pointing to the governmental system, the political leader. Come on, somebody. Uh, worship my thing. This is the way to get to God. You know, people talk about my God and my country. Uh, wait a minute now. <laughs> um, remember now, it's my relationship with God. Country don't have nothing to do with it. Uh, you know, uh, this world is not my home. My citizenship is not here. My God. And I'm to wear this world as a loose garment. You know, sometimes people get into nationalism. You know, they worship their God and they worship their country. Oh, no. And as I say, we're seeing that happening now. People are having a hard time separating uh, church and state. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, the, the government don't back up what I'm saying here, teaching here tonight. Amen. And I don't have no flag behind me because, you know, when you see the president... Uh, talking, he's got six, 12 flags, everything he said, even though it's a lie, uh, he's got the government backing him up because he's heading it, unfortunately. But what I'm saying here tonight, I don't have no flag back here. <laughs> government don't, they ain't backing up what I'm, I'm saying. Come on, somebody. America has become the house divided against itself. And you all know what the scripture says about that. It will not stand. Amen. So our citizenship first is in him. My God, that 144, they were singing a song that the rest of us knew nothing about. Come on, somebody. This is the lamb that led us through the tribulation period. And as I say, uh, that same distinction that we're making now, that John sees between the uh, 666 folk and the 144 saints, 
is the same distinction we ought to have right now. It's not like we're going to get into the tribulation period and all of this is going to be set up. We're seeing it in place right now. It's just going to get more evident. It's going to become a more bold, more pronounced. Come on, somebody. But it's in existence right now. My God. And you got people nowadays who will worship just about anything but God. I know that's right. I know that's right. Come on, somebody. Uh, and when you try to reveal to them truth, they don't want to have anything to do with it. Come on, somebody. Uh, what did Jesus tell the woman? We know what we worship. Let's go to John. <laughs> Let's go to John. John 4, 22. All right, you all have it. John 4, 22 through 24. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh. And now is where the true worshipers, the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. For God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him how? In spirit and in truth. You've got to have the baptism in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. You got to have the infilling of the Holy Spirit by the evidence of speaking in other tongues. The Father seeketh such to worship him. Amen. For they that worship him must worship him in spirit. You have to have his spirit, and it must be surrounded by truth. Come on, somebody. They followed the Lamb. They didn't get caught up with all the uh, false media, the false prophets, the false churches, the false religions. Come on, somebody. My God, we have to have truth. Amen? Thy word. What is it? It's truth. Amen? It's truth. We got to stay wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. Amen? So the 144, they followed the Father alone. Amen? Him plus nothing else. That's because they were from a different system. Although they were in the tribulation, they were not of the tribulation. We're in this world, but we're not of the world. You all seeing the comparisons here? Amen? <laughs> and that's why they, they sang a song that we won't know nothing about. God is going to preserve them in that tribulation period. Amen. Uh, kept away from the nonsense. Come on, somebody. My God, they did not defile themselves with women. Amen. They had truth. They stuck to truth. Amen. And each and every one of us, saints of God, if we're going to make it through here, amen, we're going to have to stick to truth. 
Uh, and uh, which brings up the next one. What do we have? We have the word, the word, amen? What is the word of God? Revelation 13 and one. We've read this scripture time and time again, but let's just see it one more time. Said it looks like a lamb, but it sounds, it speaks like a dragon, amen? There are a lot of ministries, a lot of churches, a lot of people, a lot of stuff that looks good. Come on, somebody. But when you really dissect it uh, and, and, and uh, get the, the truth of the matter, come on, somebody. It's a dragon. It's not truth at all. They were teach. They are teaching false doctrine, and uh, you all uh, have heard me say many times: if you want to kill a rat, uh, a mouse, or whatever it is, and you you put something down there uh, that bait, you got to have some good stuff in there. Amen. I, I mean, it can't be all foul smelling and and. Uh, 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 toxic smelling and, you know, no, you got to have some good stuff in there. Amen. That's going to lure uh, that rat to that bait. And, but you got just enough bad stuff in there. I mean, he's having a good time eating it. He's think he's getting a good meal, but you got just enough strychnine or just enough killer in there till uh, by the time he realizes it, it's too late. And a lot of these ministries today are the same thing. Got a lot of good stuff in there. But by the time you realize you've been poisoned, it's much too late. Come on, somebody. They will accept these ministries and these people because they look good. But there is no truth in them. Their words are from Satan himself. Amen. There's no biblical truth to it at all. Amen. The Bible said thy word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And the path of the just gets brighter and brighter until that perfect day. If we will allow God to lead us and guide us and direct us and we would yield ourselves to him, he will navigate us through this dark day, just like he's going to navigate these uh, through the tribulation period. Amen. But we got to stick with God's word. Amen. Uh, by contrast, in Revelation 19 and 13, Revelation 19 and 13, those that were following the true lamb. <clears throat> and he was what? Clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the word of God. My God. Now, there's a, a, some background to that. Who was it that had that vesture dipped 
in blood. And matter of fact, that came from the second reaping uh, that we see in Revelation 14 and 17. That second reaping in Revelation 14 and 17. All right. Uh, let's find it in Isaiah 63, 1 and 2. He was the one that said, I treadeth out the winepress all by myself. That uh, second reaping of the earth, he said, the grapes are ripe, but take these and put them into the winepress. And Isaiah saw him coming and his garment was uh, soaked in blood. Come on, somebody. My God, you would think a person that's uh, treading in the wine press, you know, they're going to get some of that juice on their garment. And uh, Isaiah thought he was somebody that was coming from Bozra. Uh, but it is, he, he let him know, I'm coming from treading out the wine fat, the wine press. And this is blood. All right. Isaiah 63, 1 and 2. Who is this? That's what Isaiah said. Who is this? Who is this that cometh from Edom? with dyed garments from Bozra that is glorious in his apparel, traveling uh, in the greatness of his strength. I that speak is righteousness, mighty to save. He said, wherefore art thou red in thine apparel and thy garments like uh, him that treadeth in the wine fat? Come on, somebody. That's what Jesus he said, put him into the wine press, and I'm going to stomp. I'm going to pour out my wrath. His garments was dipped in blood, and uh, so much so that Isaiah said, who is it? And he said, it's Jesus. It's me. I treadeth out the wine press alone. That was Jesus. All right? Jesus is the one. His garments was dipped in blood. Uh, John 1. Gospel according to John 1, 1 and 2 says, In the beginning was what? The Word. And the Word was what? God. And the, uh, the Word was with God. And the Word what? Was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All right? His name is the Word of God. If we go back to... Um, uh, Revelation 19 and 13, uh, and he was clothed in a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called what? The Word of God. And if we go to John, back to John 1, 1 and 2, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, the same was in the beginning with God, all right, and then if we drop down to verse 14, it says what? We all know this. All right, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father. What is he full of? Grace and truth. My God, we cannot compromise on the word of God. Amen. 
we can't cut and paste. You know, um, I used to have, have, they used to have a saying that you learned everything you needed to know uh, in kindergarten. <laughs> cut and paste. Cut and paste. Now that we're in a technology uh, world, some people have uh, tried to get, uh, even write their thesis uh, by cut and paste, but now we got sophisticated software uh, <laughs> that can pick up plagiarism. My God, you can't even go out and, and have a speech nowadays and use somebody else's material without it being run through these checks. Amen. So uh, we can't compromise. God cannot separate himself from his word. I can't go into his word and cut and paste and take what I want and leave what I don't want and still somehow be connected to God. It does not work that way. Come on, somebody. My God, if I'm going to have him, I have to have all of him. And that is his word. He can't separate himself from his word to save me or you. He said, my word have gone out of my mouth. It will not return unto me void. It will accomplish what I've set it out to do. Come on, somebody. My God, and if we're going to follow the lamb, we got to stick with the word of God. Amen. My God. Uh, they were following the false uh, beasts, the false church, the false prophet, but we're following and sticking with the word of God. All right. That last one on our um, uh, slide here is Mark, the Mark. Amen. They have the Mark of the Beast. Come on, somebody. My God. And we are marked also, but there's a difference. There is a difference. All right. Let's go back to Revelation 13. Revelation 13. Thirteen and eighteen, that last verse in Revelation uh, thirteen. What did it say? And this is what sent us on our uh, search. It says, "What? Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred threescore and six." Amen. Um, this number that the beasts give is six, six, six. I know somebody. But if we go to um, uh, Revelation 14, there's a huge difference. Huge difference. Look, uh, let's go back to Revelation 14. <clears throat> and we're going to read that uh, uh, first verse. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on Mount Zion, and with him an hundred and forty and four thousand, having his father's name 
written in their foreheads. My God. Now, it may not seem like a big thing to you, but it's a huge difference. A huge difference. One is a number and another is a name. Come on, somebody. It's a huge difference. God does not number us. He knows us by name. Somebody ought to be clapping your hand and rejoicing over that. Come on, somebody. My God, he does not number us. He knows us by name. All right, let's go to John 10. John 10. Keep in mind what we just read. Those that had the mark of the beast, they had a number. Those that had the mark, the 144, they had, um, they had a mark, but it was a name. Come on, somebody. My God. John 10, verses 1 through 3. God does not number us. He doesn't number us. Let's look here, and it says, uh, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door unto the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the what? He is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by what? Name. He doesn't number us. He puts his name, he knows our name, and leadeth them out. Come on, somebody. This is how we are sealed. Amen? He puts his name on us. Amen? Not only that, he knows our name. <laughs> My God. Uh, who would want to... Uh, have a relationship with your child and you call them number one and number two and number three. It's an intimate relationship. You know their name. Come on, somebody. My God. And as I say, is that, that relationship of a father and child, all of my children are, are valuable to me. I can't put a price. I can't put a number or a price on any one of them because they're priceless. And I wouldn't dare put a number on them because I know them. I, I was there when all of them came into the world. Come on, somebody. I knew their name before they even got here. <laughs> My God. All right. Let's go back to Revelation 7. Let's go back to Revelation 7 with 144. Let's look at the difference. What did he say in Revelation 7 and 3? Say, he told those angels, he said, uh, saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of God in their foreheads. So a mark was placed in their foreheads. Come on, somebody. And a mark is placed on the uh, the 666 beast people, 
But the difference is one is a number and the other is a name. Huge, huge difference. Come on, somebody. Huge difference. That's how uh, the world identify us. Anybody ever called um, into customer service or you've called to um, uh, your credit card company and the first thing they want, you know, people are sensitive about social security numbers. So they'll say, what's the last four of your social security? You're just a number. You're just a number. Come on, somebody. You call a uh, customer service about an order. You say, what's the order number? What's your customer number? Come on, somebody. That's what the world does. Um, during the Holocaust, uh, when the Jews were enslaved, they put their number, they engraved numbers uh, on their wrists. Come on, somebody. The world puts a number and a value on you. That's prisoners. They had prisoner number whatever. Come on, somebody. Slaves and prisoners have numbers. They have value when it comes down to a slave. Amen. But God does not number us. Come on, somebody. We are the apple of his eye. He knows everything about us. He knows our name. Come on, somebody. My God. So what does he do? He puts his name on us because I belong to God and he belongs to me. And I'm more than just a number. I am a child of the king. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, look at, let's read it again. Revelation 14 and 1. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood in Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written in their foreheads. Come on, somebody. And what is his name? Jesus. My God, the perfect 777. <laughs> a six is falling short. Y'all remember uh, Gometria? <laughs> uh, seven is God's perfect number. That, that's the name he puts on us. My God, when he puts his seal of, of approval on us, we're perfect and complete in him. 666 is falling short. Come on, somebody. My God. So he puts his name. He puts his father's name. What is that? That's Jesus. Come on. Jesus is the father. Jesus is the son. Jesus is the name of the Holy Spirit. And all of these three are one. Uh, Ephesians, the first chapter. Ephesians, the first chapter. Verse 13, we're also marked, we're sealed. Come on, somebody. We bear his name. We have the earnest of the spirit. 
Ephesians 1 and 13, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were what? Sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. We got the down payment. We're sealed. Come on, somebody. My God, we got the, uh, his name. We have his father's name. My God, we have the down payment. We have the earnest of the spirit. Come on, somebody. My God, can you imagine the Holy Spirit just being a down payment of what we're going to experience? Somebody said, oh, I want to see him. I want to look upon his face. There to do what? Sing forever of his saving grace. My God. So we're not just a number to him. He placed his name on us. My God, our citizenship is already in heaven. So we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Amen. It becomes our deposit. It becomes our earnest money. It becomes our guarantee. My God, this is how he redeems us. This is how he knows us because we bear his image and we have his name and he knows us by name. My God. John 17. I'm going to finish this up. John 17 and 11. What does he say? And now I am no more in the world, but what? But these are in the world, and I have come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. Come on, somebody. Father, protect them by that same name that you gave me. Anybody glad you got his name? Anybody glad you're sealed with the promise? You got the down payment? Come on, somebody. You got the guarantee. You got the earnest of the spirit. Somebody ought to clap your hands and give God a great big praise. Come on, somebody. My God, I'm not just a number. He put a ring on my finger. I'm exposed to him. Somebody ought to get excited. I'm exposed to one husband. I'm not a harlot. Come on, somebody. I'm not a one-night stand. I am the true bride of Christ. I am what God says I am. Somebody ought to get excited. My God, somebody ought to be shouting glad. My God, this world is not my home. My God, hallelujah. The devil wants to put a number on us along with a monetary value. But that's not what God does. He places his name. Oh, come on, somebody. 
then turns around and seals us with a guarantee. This is a down payment. I'm coming back. Oh, come on, somebody. My God. I'm coming back for my church. I'm coming back for my bride without spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. My God, we ought to be shouting glad. I belong to God, and he belongs to me. All right, Revelation 3, Revelation 3 and 12. Revelation 3 and 12. <clears throat> when we see here, when we look in Revelation, God is dealing, he's bringing to conclusion all the things that happen uh, in Genesis, in Genesis. And what we're seeing and witnessing now is bringing all this the rebellion of Satan, the rebellion of the angels, that great Babylon, come on somebody, the, the rebellion of man. Now in Revelation, he's not dealing so much with sin. He pun he's punishing sin, but he went to Calvary's cross and dealt with the sin issue a long time ago. Come on somebody. And he got up and said, all power in heaven and earth belongs unto me. But in Revelation, he's bringing into conclusion all of the things that started out in the beginning. Genesis. Come on, somebody. All right, Revelation 3 and 12. Him that overcometh, will I make what? A pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall not go, he shall go not more out. We'll have permanent residency. Come on, somebody. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is the new Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. Come on, somebody. My God, we are the image bearers. We are the image bearers of Christ. I'm not a number. I'm not a number. I bear his name because I bear his image. Come on, somebody. And I'm sealed with a promise. I have the earnest of the spirit. Come on, somebody. I belong to God and he belongs to me. Where do we come from? We come from Zion. Come on, somebody. Our citizenship is in heaven. My God, and that's where our conversation is, amen? I know we talk a lot about what's going on in the world and there's so much to talk about, but ultimately our conversation is in heaven from whom we look for the Savior. Come on, somebody. My God, that's gonna crack the sky and say, come, my people, come, amen? So this distinction, we see here the comparison that John made between what he saw in the false church, the false prophet, and then the 144 that were following the true lamb wheresoever he went, amen? That's the distinction that he saw then is the distinction, amen, that um, we should see right now. Come on, somebody. My God. So if you go back, 
well, you got the chart up here. Uh, we're following the true lamb, the 66, the 666 was following the false lamb. We're following the true lamb. Um, they were deceived uh, in 14 and 5. No lie was found in their mouth. We got to follow truth, saints. They were from Babylon. We are from Zion. Uh, the bride is a harlot, but we are the true uh, virgin bride of Christ. Amen. We have been espoused unto one husband. My God, they worship the beasts. We worship the Father. Amen. Um, their word came from the dragon. Our word comes from God. He cannot separate himself from his word. Amen. The mark. They had a number, but we bear his name. Huge, huge difference. My God, our citizenship is with him. Amen. May God bless you. May God keep you is our prayer. Uh, saints, uh, this is just a comparison that John um, gave what he saw. He said, these are those that followed the lamb wheresoever he went. Amen. Through all of the chaos. Now, listen, if God can keep them, um, preserve them. Uh, through that three-and-a-half-year tribulation period, I know God can keep us. Amen. <laughs> uh, this pandemic ain't nothing for God. Ain't nothing for God. But listen, don't you dare allow the enemy to plant his seed where God has placed his image. He wants to overlay what God put in you. We are the image bearers of Christ. Don't you dare allow him to put his image where God's image belong. Once we do that, there's no way, there's no way for us to be saved. And that's why those Hebrew boys said, Nebuchadnezzar, I'd rather go and die in this furnace and bear the image of God than to bow down and bear your image. Come on, somebody. My God. Because we're just living this life to live again. Somebody clap your hands. Come on, give God a great big praise. Hallelujah. God is a good God. Yes, he is. Amen. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. Come on, somebody. Jesus is his name. Amen. So we want to encourage each and every one of you, saints. We're going, when we take up, Lord say the same, we're going back to Revelation, the 17th chapter. And this false church is going to be, once the first, the political leader is done with the church, the political leader is going to kill her. Because this world loves its own. <laughs> My God. And we see it right now. The church is being used as a political pawn. But in the end, it's going to be destroyed. My God. So uh, I'm excited. I'm excited what God is revealing unto us. Amen. And I want to encourage each and every one of you, uh, those individuals that are following after false doctrines, amen, false Christs, 
Let them know, listen, uh, you know, I don't know who you're following and who you're uh, paying homage to, who's your idol, but I want you to know there's only one throne (laughs) that exists in heaven. Come on, somebody. And the lamb, he's the only one. He's the only one that's sitting on that throne. Now, the, um, um, uh, the... Trinitarians, they describe it as, uh, well, uh, you got um, Jesus uh, sitting on the throne and and, uh, you got the spirit on his shoulder. No, you got the father sitting on the throne. You got the spirit sitting on his shoulder. And Jesus is the little uh, little boy uh, sitting next. The scripture don't bear out none of that. (laughs) We've been reading it. We haven't read none of that. And we're going through the whole book of Revelation. There's only one throne and only one that's sitting on the throne. And that is the lamb. Come on, somebody. My God. He said, and I did die. Yes. But now I live forevermore. I was once dead. But now I live forevermore. Who died? Jesus. Jesus. He's the only one that went to the cross and died. Muhammad didn't do it. Come on, somebody. Jehovah didn't do it. All of these names, other names that you hear, no, it was Jesus. Come on, somebody. My God then got up and said, all power in heaven and in earth belongs unto me. So if you're following some other lamb, there's no seat for him in heaven, and he don't have no power. Come on, somebody. My God, let's follow the true lamb, whithersoever he goeth. Amen. May God bless your new grace. Amen. I want to encourage you to hold to God's unchanging hand. Uh, Tomorrow is not promised. Amen to any one of us. Amen. But I want to, I feel like those Hebrew boys. I'd rather die bearing his image than to bear the image of Satan. Stay saved. Stay saved. Amen. Stick with the word. Amen. Be determined. Be resolute in your mind. Amen. I believe we're going to go for, we're headed for another shift in this pandemic. And after uh, this election, I believe there's going to be another shift. My God. And uh, we have to make sure our anchor hold and grip that solid rock, which is Christ.